A Creature by Trevor Allen. Chapter 7 It spoke. The thing spoke to me like a man. My God, it had even read Milton. As it told me the story of its brief existence, I just sat there and listened like a prisoner until it finally finished. And that is my history. I wandered towards these mountains consumed by a passion which only you can satisfy. I have one request. I am alone and miserable. I need a... companion. Its words had a strange effect upon me. I felt that I should try to console it, but when I saw that filthy mass moving and talking, my heart sickened and I felt horrified at what I had done. Humans will not associate with me, but one as deformed as I am would not deny me. I want a mate. You will create her. She must be the same species. Let her be as hideous as myself. Our lives may not be happy, but they will be harmless and free from the misery that I feel now. I thought that even though I could not sympathize with the creature, I had no right to withhold the only happiness which was still in my power to bestow. Consent, and you will never see us again. We will go to the jungles of the new world and live in secret. My food is not like that of mankind. I don't destroy life to glut my appetite. My bride must be the same. We'll make our bed of leaves. We will live in the wilds, in total freedom, far from the things of man. His power was not omitted in my calculation. A beast that could survive these elements, hiding from pursuit amongst the inaccessible mountain peaks and moving with incredible speed. We'll grow old together and eventually die. Think of that. I'll feel the affections of another sensitive being and become a part of creation from which I am now excluded. My life will flow quietly away. And in my dying moments, I will not curse my maker. I will consent to your demand on your solemn oath to quit this country and every other place in the neighborhood of mankind forever as soon as I deliver a female who will follow you into exile. Oh, I swear by the sun, by the dark night, and by the fire that burns in my heart that if you do this, you will never see us again. Very well. There is your journal. You may need it to refresh your memory. Now go and begin your labors. I'll be watching your progress. 
Don't worry. When you're ready, I'll appear. September 6th. Frankenstein's health is worse. But now I fear for his sanity. Since the death of the ship's surgeon, I have been at his side every moment that I could spare. His story is unbelievable. If it weren't for his continued survival and insistence on its truth, I wouldn't believe it myself. I returned home, but I could not work there. I feared discovery, but not as much as I feared the creature's vengeance on my family if I failed. And I had changed. I was no longer the eager student who was able to overcome his disgust at such a task. Besides, my health was now much restored, and my spirits were high. I had no desire to cut myself off from the ones I loved. Elizabeth and I grew close. My father saw this change. My son, my son, I confess that I have always looked forward to your marriage with Elizabeth as the beginning of your domestic comfort and the stay of my declining years. Tell me whether you would object to an immediate wedding. Unfortunately, recent events have, but that is all past. You are young, but I suppose that an early marriage would not interfere with any plans that you have made. The idea of an immediate union with Elizabeth filled me with both joy and despair. I was bound by a solemn promise which I had not yet fulfilled and dared not break. I had to make the monster depart with his mate before I allowed myself any peace. I did not want to engage in my loathsome task in my family's house. I expressed a wish to travel first concealing the true reasons for this request. I would be gone a month, no more. I had my journal. The blueprint was clear. I only had to assemble the parts. But, sensing my anxiety, my father, without consulting me, took the precaution of asking Clerval to join me. There was no legitimate excuse that I could give to prevent him. It was understood that my wedding with Elizabeth would take place immediately after my return. Packing my chemical instruments and the raw materials I had collected into a trunk, I decided to finish my task in some remote outpost. We departed. But once we were on our way, I told Clerval that I needed to be alone to conduct some research. He consented, and a date was set for our reunion. I went to a remote island to begin my work. The creature followed me. I could feel it. I knew that it would show itself once I was finished, so that it could receive its companion. I toiled day and night in order to complete my work. It was a filthy process. During my first experiment, an enthusiastic frenzy had blinded me to the horror of it all, but now... That I went into it with cold blood. My heart sickened at the sight of it. September 7th. The weather and the ice still prohibit our escape. 
My guest grows weaker every day. The only moments he seems alive are when he is relating his unbelievable story. Are you saying you created a mate for this thing? <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I did. <clears throat> I stood in my laboratory on the last night of my exile. I was to meet Claval in the town the next day and then to return home. The thing was finished. Only a spark was needed to bring it to life. I paused to rest before I brought my work to its conclusion, and I began to consider my actions. I had already created a monster that had killed my own brother, and I was about to release another such creature on the world? This thing might become ten thousand times more destructive than its mate, and delight in murder. My first creation had sworn to quit civilization forever, but this one had not. It might refuse to honor a contract made before its own creation. They might even hate each other. My creature despised its own deformity. Why wouldn't it hate those same faults in a female form? They might turn away from each other in disgust. Even if they did leave Europe to inhabit the jungles of the New World, one of their desires would be children. A race of monsters would be propagated upon the Earth. I had been moved by the creature's emotions and eloquence and struck senseless by its threats, but now, for the first time, the gravity of my promise dawned on me. Future generations would hate me. I decided that I should at least sterilize it. But my heart stopped when I looked up and saw the monster at the window. She was beautiful. I smiled for the first time in months. An evil grin wrinkled its lips. She was like me, but not like me. It stood there, gazing at me. It must have known how close I was. Only the spark was needed. I saw its face clearly. And we would be united forever. There was malice and treachery in those eyes. I had waited for so long. It had followed me into my exile, and now it had come to gloat and to claim its prize. I watched her eyes closely, expecting to see them flicker. I stood there on the point of throwing the lever that would bring it to life. Then I saw you staring at me. I knew what I had to do. My hands trembled. Your eyes were calculating and cold. I tore the thing on the table to pieces. You ripped her apart with your bare hands. The creature saw me destroy the thing it depended on for its future happiness and leaped into the room. Why have you done this? I will not be the instrument of any future destruction. You killed her. That thing on the table was never alive. You've destroyed my hope. I destroyed my work. Remember what I told you. Then kill me if you can. <laughs> no. That would be merciful. <laughs> my god, 
You think you're miserable now? You can't force me to finish this abomination. I'll make you so wretched that the light of day will be hateful to you. Threats can't make me commit another atrocity. Will each man find a wife and each beast a mate while I remain alone? I will not create a companion for you. Are you to be happy while I grovel at your feet? Come a step closer and you'll share the same fate as that thing on the table! You are my creator, but I am no longer your creature. Others can learn what you know. I'll burn my journal. Nothing will remain! You can't destroy what you don't possess. <laughs> <laughs> Return that. I may die, but first you will regret the injuries that you have inflicted. I will hunt you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> no need. I will be with you on your wedding night. <laughs> Farewell, father. I grabbed an axe off the wall, but the creature jumped out of the window and in an instant I lost sight of it. When was this? Two years ago. And that's when you began chasing this... Uh, creature? No. I should have pursued it. But I... hesitated. Our cast included Paul Rosenfield, Philip Hoffman, and Boramax Kochnar. The entire production was under the direction of yours truly, Alika Spencer Kochnar, and stage managed by Miranda Whipple. Original composition, sound design, and sound engineer for this presentation created by Gregory James Holmes. Video elements assembled by Philip Hoffman and episode art designed by me. This is Alika Spencer Kochnar, Chief Talent Officer at the Dragon, inviting you to return for Chapter 8 in Dragon's podcast presentation of The Creature, written by Trevor Allen. In Chapter 8, like father, like son, death comes once again to Frankenstein, and he is thrown once more into madness. He begins to chase the creature once again in vengeful madness as their journey takes them both to the Arctic. Tune in next week to hear the story unfold. Dragon is a nonprofit that depends upon the generosity and participation of you. No gift is too large or too small to make an enormous impact. You can feed the dragon directly online at www.dragonproductions.net forward slash CRE donate. All proceeds made from this link will go directly back to the dragon, as well as the artists that made this podcast possible, because only together can we help the arts thrive. Thank you so much for listening.